Hi, it's Maureen McGrath, registered nurse and host of the COVID-19 Care podcast, a daily podcast with a twist. You may have heard me on the Sunday Night Health Show on CKNW 980 AM in Vancouver or another chorus radio station across Western Canada. I've teamed up with Tandem Innovation and Live Your Life Home Care to educate you about health, safety, employment issues, financial concerns, and legal matters, to name a few, to help seniors and those with underlying health conditions or those who are struggling financially. We would really appreciate a donation of your time or money and have set up a GoFundMe page. COVID-19 spreads easily from person to person between people who are in close contact with one another within six feet. It's spread through respiratory droplets that are produced when an infected person coughs or sneezes. This droplet can land in the mouths or noses of people who are nearby, or it can be possibly inhaled into the lungs. A study done by the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases Laboratory Virology in the Division of Intramural Research in Montana found that infectious viruses could remain in the air for up to three hours. The results of this study were published in the New England Journal of Medicine on March 17, 2020, if you'd like to have a deeper look. People are thought to be the most contagious when they are at their sickest or when they are the most symptomatic. Some spread might be possible before people show symptoms, although this is not the main way the virus spreads. It is possible that a person may get COVID-19 by touching a surface or an object that has the virus on it, and then by touching their own mouth, nose, ear, or possibly their eyes. But this is not the main way the virus spreads either. Some viruses spread easily like the measles, others do not. Another factor is whether or not the spread is sustained, spreading continually without stopping. The virus that causes COVID-19 seems to be spreading easily and is being sustained in the community. Hence the term community spread in some affected geographic areas like New York City, Italy, Seattle, San Francisco, and unfortunately, Vancouver. You go to the grocery store and it's crowded. I recommend you go to the grocery store only once a week for that reason, to reduce your risk of transmission and also delegate somebody in the home to be your shopper. So you go into the grocery store and if people are hoarding, it's likely going to be crowded. Well, statistics tells us that somebody in there likely has COVID-19. What will it take for you to get the virus? There's still so much to learn, but I know one thing, most experts agree on these factors. Your age and your health are critical. And that's why it's important to be as healthy as possible. The other factors are how close you get to somebody, how long you are near that person, whether that person projects viral droplets on you and how much you touch your face. And we touch our face hundreds of times every day. So try to be mindful of that and try to stop doing that if you can. Practice social distancing. Wash your hands, cough into your elbow, and wipe down whatever you buy. Also do a daily wipe of those high touch points in your home, like faucets, around the sinks, the remote control, your computer, your mouse. If you do get COVID-19, 
it's important to know that you might feel like you have a cold at the very beginning of a COVID-19 infection. It might be that those cold symptoms, however, escalate and actually become COVID-19. If this happens to you, this is what you need to know now. 80% of confirmed cases of COVID-19 are mild, but don't let this fool you. It doesn't mean you won't feel very sick. You will feel so sick as symptoms will still be pretty severe. It's like a really bad flu. If you don't need oxygen, you will be categorized into this mild group. 14% of COVID cases are moderate, meaning you will experience lung issues like cough, a dry cough in particular, and shortness of breath. If you need oxygen, you will be considered a severe COVID-19 case, about 6% of cases. Because the immune system weakens as we age or when you have an underlying medical condition, you're more likely to get a severe case of COVID-19. As I said, 6% are severe, which means you will require oxygen and advanced life support. You will need to be placed on a ventilator, most likely. If we don't flatten this curve, we are at risk of overwhelming our healthcare system because we do not have enough ventilators for all the people that are likely to get this severe form of COVID-19. Critical patients are those patients who have respiratory failure or multi-organ failure. The symptoms and treatment timelines of COVID-19 depend upon the severity of your disease. Mild COVID-19 can take two to 14 days after your exposure for first symptoms to develop. These symptoms are typically cold or flu-like symptoms. Many people have fevers. From the data we are seeing out of Italy and China, 88% of COVID-19 patients had a fever, according to one study, and 44% have had a fever upon admission to the hospital, and 89% went on to develop one. We are learning more and more all the time. And we now know that some patients who went on to develop COVID-19 started with gastrointestinal symptoms or GI symptoms, anorexia, about 80%. That means you didn't have an appetite. Diarrhea, about 29%. Abdominal discomfort, nausea, vomiting, a bit less likely. These symptoms typically appeared two to three days before respiratory symptoms developed. This is not the normal. COVID-19 is a respiratory disease and it typically invades the lungs. Two of the more peculiar symptoms of COVID-19 are loss of sense of smell and red eyelids, described first by RNs in Seattle who took care of patients in long-term care facilities. They described it like this. They said it was as though the patients put red eyeshadow on. For most patients, the virus starts and ends in the lungs. In the early days, the virus invades lung cells. This can damage the cilia. The cilia in your lungs work to keep your airways and lungs clear of mucus and dirt, allowing you to breathe easier. When lung cells get infected, they die and begin to shed, which adds to the debris in your lungs and makes the job for the cilia that much harder. Inflammation causes lung damage and that damage leads to more inflammation. It's a vicious cycle. Inflammation triggers a flood of immune cells with the sole purpose of targeting the infection. They're usually isolated to certain areas, but sometimes the body goes into overdrive, the immune cells killing everything in their wake, including healthy cells. Inflammation, this is why you are short of breath, 
Inflammation. This is why you have an increase in phlegm production. Inflammation. This is why you cough. Inflammation. The virus causes damage, and that damage leads to more inflammation. And the cycle goes on and on. You may also get chills, overwhelming fatigue, a sore throat, joint pain, headache, muscle pain, runny nose, and as I mentioned, those red eyes and a loss of sense of smell. By day five, patients may begin to experience trouble breathing. You are at greater risk of this if you have a pre-existing condition like hypertension, cardiovascular disease, type two diabetes. On or about day seven, patients in trouble present to the hospital typically. The mild cases usually clear up by this stage, but some mild cases may advance to a serious case, especially if you are a senior or if you have a pre-existing medical condition. There has never been a better time to eat well, do yoga inside your home, have FaceTime parties, work out in your home, or go for a walk where there's no one else around if you can. Staying healthy has never had so many benefits. Those with moderate cases and critical cases can develop pneumonia, which may range from non-life-threatening breathing or respiratory issues to a severe illness. Recovery for these patients will take weeks to months. Fluid can build up in the lungs for those with severe cases, and we call that ARDS, or Acute Respiratory Distress Syndrome. It occurs when fluid builds up in the tiny elastic air sacs known as the alveoli in your lungs. The fluid keeps your lungs from filling with enough air, which means less oxygen reaches your bloodstream. This deprives your, your organs of the most necessary oxygen they need to function. We usually take that for granted. In critical cases, COVID-19 can lead to respiratory failure, requiring advanced life support. And that is why we need to flatten the curve so that even though people will still get COVID-19, they'll get it over a longer period of time. This means we have a better chance to meet the medical demands we are facing. So stay at home, wash your hands, shop once a week and wipe down what comes into your home and also commonly use surfaces every day. If we don't isolate now, we are going to need so many ICU beds, more healthcare providers and ventilators. We're already hearing stories of running short on masks. The goals of oxygen and ventilation is to get oxygen into your bloodstream to support your organs. Lack of oxygen is the cause of most COVID-19 deaths. Most people with critical cases will die within 14 to 19 days. For admitted patients who survive, they will be discharged after about two and a half weeks. Recovery though can take months. In recovery, you may still be contagious and you'll need to work with your doctor or healthcare provider to determine when you are not. Typically in mild disease, you are no longer contagious when you have been fever free for 72 hours without using fever reduces. At this time, there are anecdotal reports not to use ibuprofen or Advil to reduce your fever. There have been some cases where that has been shown to contribute to worsening disease of COVID-19. If you look to Italy, New York City, you have a bird's eye view into the impact this will have on our healthcare system here in the Lower Mainland. COVID-19 is more contagious than the flu. The more people can stay at home, the better. 
COVID-19 is an opportunistic infection that has the capacity to overwhelm our healthcare system. Our healthcare providers are at risk of getting sick as well. Our doctors, our nurses, our respiratory therapists. Our COVID-19care.ca initiative will help to support you in your home so you can stay at home. Remember, self-isolate for 14 days if you're returning from an international travel in case you develop symptoms and to prevent spreading the virus to others to flatten the curve. Symptoms can include fever, cough, and difficulty breathing, which may also be cold or flu-like symptoms. Some people will develop severe illness requiring rehydration, oxygen, or ventilatory support. Those who are at greater risk are older adults and people with chronic medical conditions like heart, lung, or kidney disease. If you develop symptoms, contact your doctor for direction or guidance. Always remember to wash your hands and cough into your sleeves. Wash your hands frequently. Minimize contact with others. Stay at home as much as possible. And maintain a distance of two meters from other people if you go out for a walk. As I said, designate the shopper in your home to reduce contact and limit transmission. And always avoid contact, close contact with people who are sick. If you are caring for somebody who is sick, it's a good idea for them to wear a mask or for you to wear a mask during that time. Stay home, stay calm, be prepared, be prepared, and tune in to my daily covid19care.ca podcast. Thank you for listening.